0: listening to county live i'm in bramall i think we established last time maybe north davenport maybe east bramall park i don't know um and i think i think it's on you i still think it's on you to know where you live (laughs) well it is but you know it's not on anyone it's not on anyone else (laughs) it doesn't really matter now though i could be living anywhere because i'm not going out anywhere so i don't have to find my way back so it's quite handy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but in in hazel Grove is chris Ridgway, who's just I, w- I won't inflict this on listeners you were doing a donald trump uh a donald trump impression just before we started but you more <laughs> interestingly you were telling me that you went out for a run two days in a row are you mad
1: yeah i, f- I feel like do you, do you know what i i don't enjoy running this is i have a thing right where I find running, and maybe I'm alone on this, but I, somehow I don't think I am. I find running really, really boring. I hate it. If I'm playing fo- if I'm playing football, I can run as much as anyone else on the pitch. I love it. I'll get up and down, back and forth, side to side. I love it. But when you're just running, I mean, where's the enjoyment in that? But I got tagged in this 5K5 thing. Um, so I did it. Then I just wanted to keep... The momentum going so I did it again today. Um, I'm gonna have a couple of protein beers after this to you know to keep the health in check um, I don't know why I did it I don't know why I've done another run today
0: my calves are killing me by the way what's a protein beer
1: oh it's when you have at least three beers right um all of the protein in those beers gets uh, transformed into muscle.
0: Ah right, yeah, yeah. I've heard of these beers, but I, I thought they were just a myth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So probably so. There's something we have in common. We um, we both hate running, but you are listening to the County Live podcast, and tonight um, it's uh, episode, bonus episode number two in the Three Things series.
1: Yes, uh, episode numero dos with Sam Byrne. Um, Tonight we're talking about the top three moments. Now, the top three moments of a county fan is so difficult to try and narrow down, as I'm sure it would be with any club. Every club has highs and lows. But when, when you're talking about the top three moments, do you talk about a Great goal, and if you so, what justifies a great goal? Is it the opposition? Is it the skill level involved? Is it, you know, the, the game that it's in, if it's a cup semi final or, or whatever? Um, if it's so difficult, we put the question out on Twitter um, and on Instagram, as you well know, Martin. We are now on Instagram at Stockwell County Live. Quick plug there. Um, we put the question out, and the number of responses we got was astronomical. Everybody saying different answers. So the fact that Sam and myself have tried to whittle it down to three, yes, people are going to disagree with us. Hopefully, we will get the odd person who rubs their chin, nods their head and says, Meh, I can see where they're going with this. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard, but we gave it a go.
0: Well, firstly, can I just say, I don't think the Advertising Standards Authority are going to bother that we've promoted our own Instagram on our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so they might oh, well well just in case they do other Instagram accounts do exist. Yes, exactly. There's plenty available <laughs> for all sports fans. Um I'm trying to think of on-field moments that uh, on-field. There you go. The absolute opposite. <laughs> What's your favorite on-field moment? <laughs> um off-field moments mine. One of them was when um when that fella from uh, a newspaper that shall remain nameless tried to get in the dressing room just last season and you were a very angry man that was that was one of my favorite moments oh
1: uh that well what happened there yeah i i'll, I'll name the newspaper um, no i better not there was uh that it wasn't the, the journalist in air quotes it wasn't the journalist himself that tried to get in it was when a fan tried to get in and i i stopped the the fan that, that got in you know because i'm as you know martin big strong muscly guy like me yeah, so not all, a lot gets past me. it's all that so, running uh, you do so I, yeah, it's all those protein beers. So um, I was able to apprehend said individual, who quite calmly turned around and realised what he was doing and walked out. Uh, not really much of a story. Overheard uh, I was when I was telling a couple of colleagues that someone had tried to get in and I just had to usher them out. It then made the so- uh, sorry. It then made an unnamed newspaper uh, newspaper in air quotes, uh, and before you know it, everyone's saying about how this individual tried to get in there, which. Um, we'll not. We'll save that for another podcast. Mm,
0: I think the story was he was stopped by a big, burly gentleman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's something yeah, like that. That's,
0: that's the, um, <laughs> yeah, big, handsome, burly yeah. gentleman. And my other favourite one, which has been kind of people, I don't hear people talking about it a lot. So uh, uh, as you know, I'm not a county fan, so I'm not as up on it as as you are, but... I I think you are a little bit. I think you are a little bit. Oh, I am. I am. I am. Absolutely. Um, But the Chorley FA Trophy semi-final, the filed FA Trophy semi-final, because, you know, County ended up being champions and, you know, there there was all that. I think the semi-final, the fact that that game at Edgley Park swung both ways about 10 times in about 10 minutes... And I was in the press box yeah. and you <laughs> your reactions to the go to the county goals and then the filed goals were just absolutely priceless. So that's one of my favorites. And you know, it was an incredible game, but as I say, because it was such a, a great season in, in other ways, it you know that kind of got forgotten.
1: Yeah. And um I, I remember the game. I remember Ash Palmer equalising with a few minutes left, and then I, I remember File going up the other other end of scoring. It was uh, it was such a bittersweet days. I mean, just just by doing that, though, just by suggesting one other memory, um, you that th- doesn't make it into tonight's conversation, it it just kind of puts in a teacup, if you like, the scale of just how hard this is, because there are so many, and there are gonna be memories. There already have been when people send them in on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at Stockport County Live, the new account, if you've not heard, um. And you think, oh, I didn't even think about that. I'd forgotten about that one because we've got the big moments, you know. Of course, we've got the big moments. We've, we've you know, we've got um, going to Wembley. You know, we've, we we speak about spending more scoring up uh, against Chorley while County are playing Ashton. Of course, we've got some of you know the goals against Everton, goals against West Ham. But there are other ones. There are other moments that, over the course of history, your memory maybe erodes. But when someone sparks that little. You know, penny drops in your mind, if you like, and it's, ah, I remember it so fondly, I remember it so well. And all of a sudden, you're going down another rabbit hole of also that season or also against that team. Um, It's so hard. But hopefully, if you're a County fan, you can listen to tonight's podcast and just have a little grin to yourself as we relive some some glorious moments.
0: Well, here is uh, Chris and Sam talking about some of those glorious off-field moments for Stockport County.
1: Good evening Sam. Welcome to Stockport County Live from my front room and from your
2: From my spare room.
1: Spare room.
2: Yet again. Week number two, yes.
1: How have you found this week?
2: Um It's difficult for everyone, isn't it, Chris? It's you know, we've it's the week of three more weeks at least. Um <clears throat> Got to say I really enjoyed the QPR stream. I know the, the club have done quite a few streams now of different games over the last few weekends, but that like QPR one for someone that, you know, I was, I don't think I was even one, one year old by the time that, that game was being played. So to watch it and to really see a full 90 minutes of, of a team that people spoke about with such fondness for years, to, to actually see it yourself. And, you know, the Danny Bigara post-match interview, it's the first time I've ever heard him speak. Um, so yeah, I did, did enjoy that with a, a drink or two. What about yourself?
1: Yeah. Uh, I was going to say the the best bit about that game for me, is the interview afterwards. It It's weird. I mean, for, for Danny, that would have just been a, an off-the-cuff kind of comment, wouldn't it? Um, you know, just talking about the the house and the heart. Uh, and it's it's just become this iconic thing. I'll tell you what was good, actually, about this week, speaking of the Begaras. Um, so you know that we did the the Sean Connolly interview. Um, Danny Begaras' son, sent us a message on uh, Facebook just saying how he really enjoyed it. little to hearing stories about his dad and stuff. And then sent us a picture of him and Sean Connolly playing together when they were really, really young, still in uni. And he said he thinks that that's where his dad came across him. So, uh, yeah, that was interesting. A good bit of county trivia that I had never even imagined um coming across but so it made made for a good week
2: there's always a link there's always a link with county isn't there <laughs> yeah it's um like you say with like we say with danny it's it seems to be just from listening to him because I've, I've heard that quote and obviously you see it, you know we go up and down the country and you see it on flags in the county and, and i've always thought of it and the only way i can imagine it being said is in a really kind of cheesy inspirational way and you listen to the danny bigar interview and he just says it so naturally and it's so captivating and yeah. i think i think we we would both probably agree that that jim gannon has that has that trait as well and the stuff that he can come out with is very it is very off the cuff and it's very quotable and years down the line i think we'll be seeing the same kind of thing again with jim
1: yeah, there's. I don't. I don't know if he. I don't know if he's made this public. I don't know if he'll thank me for making it public. But one thing that he has written up, Jim, in his office and a, a couple of uh, around the training ground, is he has this little motto that "good is the enemy of great." Uh, and I've always thought, like you say, there, one of these little things that he just, this little mantra that he lives by, almost is "good is the enemy of great." Um, it's one of the. He's he's got his own. I'm sure, Dave. Jones had his and Gary Megson and Andy Kilner and all the rest of them. But um, I referred to Danny as the, as almost like the godfather of county in anyway. So for him to, to throw one out. Yeah, it was. Uh,
2: yeah, he's, was like we say, he's, he's just the two, two very iconic managers with a lot of iconic moments behind them.
1: Speaking of iconic moments, Sam, nicely teed up, almost like we practiced it. <laughs> um, tonight's top three, uh, our top three moments but it's off the field.
2: Yes. So we probably should clarify, it doesn't have to be specifically off the football pitch, but we're we're not talking about goals or we're not talking about a favourite player or a favourite striker or the best striker. It's moments. So one moment, whether you were sat in a football stand or you were sat in a pub and something happened, something came through, on your phone or a phone call or a text or social media or you're at a game and something happened that is just a memorable moment that's what we're looking into
1: and there's a few of them we have quite a few of them don't we
2: we do have quite a few it's been it's been quite fun actually looking into these moments and, and doing a bit of research on them and and reminiscing because for an outsider we'd probably look at a fifth division football club, a club that even when they were in the football league, they spent a lot of years yo-yoing between League Two and One, and dropping down from the Championship and dropping out of the Conference. An outsider would probably look and go, "There's no way a, a club like that are going to have seven, eight, nine, ten plus iconic moments that they can just draw on." But that's football, isn't it? And that's County.
1: Yeah, uh, you're not you're not wrong. And I think <clears throat> it's interesting when when you say when you say about moments in the stands like you know it's not about certain goals or strikers but for me when we started talking about moments you know that, that we experienced the first one that came into my head there'll be a good number of county fans who remember this but because obviously the guys have done such a good job bringing the the youth fans you know the the, the next generation of fans through a lot of kids that come to county may maybe don't realize that we played at Goodison park uh, way back in the 90s. I think it was 94. Uh, and that was one of my first memories. I'd been going for a few years, but obviously still a bit of a kid at the time. Um, when we first got talking about moments and memories, uh, the first one that was technically off the field, because I was in the stands, uh, I'd gone with my dad, County, playing Everton, who were the cup holders. You know, count, You know, they, they'd drawn County in, the f- in their first round of the tie, f- first round of the competition. they they draw County. Um, who they're expected to just walk past. Uh, and county get this two-all draw, bring them back to Edgeley Park. And uh, I remember um, when Ian Helliwell scored, I mean, you remember that name, um, but when Ian Helliwell scored um, the late equaliser for County, as you can imagine, the County fans going absolutely bonkers, just absolutely nuts. Um, I just remember this, this guy picking me up and throwing me to my dad literally you know I'm like I say maybe 7-8 years old flying through the air my dad catches me carries on cheering and all the rest of it and I found out later on that my dad didn't know that guy <laughs> it was just it was just a, a random guy from from in the stands but it always sticks with me that you were comfortable in, e- in each other's presence to do that it, it just made me feel a bit more secure within the county fans and as a kid maybe that's what you need and that's one of my first iconic memories and moments. Very significantly, about really loving my my time at County there and then being in that very moment. I think that for me, that's the first one.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's one of them, isn't it? As a kid, you you always dream when you're supporting a, a lower league team of getting that FA Cup draw, that Wee Cup draw against a a big club or a Premier League club, and going to the big stadiums and, and walking out and um, I think pretty, pretty similar actually, Chris. We we had the, the Wembley trip in 2008, which I'm sure we'll come back on to. Um, but very eerily similar. Um, just after half-time, we were, me, my dad and my, my brother were actually, were actually walking for to change seats. Um, so we're, we're looking to get a, be- a better vantage point. So we're walking across the, the stand and, and Anthony Pilkington heads in that that brilliant goal that we all saw again last weekend on YouTube. And um, very, very similar. And man, just, as we're walking past it, he just grabbed me and, and hugged me. And again, my dad had no idea who he was. He'd probably been in all the pubs with him and actually at some point and not even realised it. Um, but it's just counting. It's just when you when you're a county fan and when you first get to the games and it gets into your blood and everyone's there for the same reason. And it's just a connection, isn't it?
1: And I know... We we don't we we are not going to go into the, the the relic of kind of um, trashing other teams fans. I'm sure other teams have the community spirit that you know may, maybe not as highly rated as county do, but I'm sure that there are there. But we know that not all clubs are like that. We were speaking off air um, about when we were at a ground last season where when their fans scored, it was all about turning around and trying to get at us rather than um, rather than just enjoying their own moment at Hereford.
2: Yeah, and I know that was a moment that you had to, uh, you had to contend with a lot more than, than myself. I think I was hiding behind Gareth Evans or someone else in, in the press box with us while you fought off a, <laughs> a few eager Hereford fans. Um, but it is, it's just football, isn't it? And for them, that might be, you know, while they are um, in the National League North, when they're going through a time that isn't particularly um, great in their club's history, that might be a, a moment that they look back on. But um, yeah, it's, it's that's just what football does, and we've—I'm sure—for as many good moments as, we, as we've that we've had, there'll also be a few bad ones as well.
1: When you when you celebrate a goal, and there are certain celebrations that there are certain goals that just make you go absolutely nuts, like the Wembley goal, like like the Ian Helliwell goal uh, at, at Everton all those years ago, and there will be so many more. In between, I remember Niall Bell's goal against Leamington and going nuts for that. Now, that was just because it was an absolute rocket. He's put his laces through it. It's, it's almost ripped the net out going in. Um, it's nowhere near on the scale of Ian Helliwell at Goodison Park, but it's a much better goal to watch. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ian Helliwell, it's a diving header. Everyone appreciates those, but you had reasons to go absolutely crazy for, for each of them and I think the the first moment that we've kind of got on our list was, I mean, the, it, it was celebrations for a goal that was a penalty but it was a pretty iconic one.
2: Yeah, so it is a goal and it, but I think it's more than the goal, isn't it? It's more than a, a late winner against a, you know, a, a run-of-the-mill opponent that we've played for years. It's um, Manchester City, Stockport County it's um, for whatever however that City fans might try and dress it up now that there's not much of a rivalry, there's, there was always that needle in the in the 90s and early 2000s and um, County always just seemed to have that hoodoo over over City and we've of course gone for the uh, famous Tony Dinning penalty which sparked a few Blue Moon remixes in in the Cheadle End um, for years to come down the line and obviously provided a lot of young county fans with some bragging rights at school the, the next week and, and for the next few years after. Um I don't know what your memories are of it, Chris, but just talking about being in the stands, it's it's one of those where such a vivid memory of I don't actually remember seeing the ball go in. I was I must have been I think I was about seven at the time, seven or eight. Um but the one vivid memory I have that even we talk about my dad today is um <laughs> a fella in the county end with a, a county staff on and decked out in all the gear and um he was actually on his phone it's probably back in those days probably a nokia 3210 or something like that chris but um i've still got one of them on his phone <laughs> on his phone to his to his mate or to his family or whoever it was um and he was it, it was almost jeff stelling-esque he was describing what was happening to his friend on the phone and saying that he didn't just put the ball down and He's, he's turned his back and he's, he's running up to the spot now. And just as the ball went in, he's all these county fans have just leapt in the air. And he's he's jumped and his phone's gone flying back about fifteen yards over my head. And I'm looking, you know, seven eight years old at this mobile phone going flying through the air. And he just he just did not care. He was just in the midst of a mass celebration um, with county fans. And like I say, just the the details surrounding it the when you watch it back now, you know, Tony Dinnin turning to his, to his teammates and gesturing that he's going to go for the little dink, you know, outwitting the goalkeeper, um, Nicky Weaver and Nicky Weaver thinking that he's got the better of him, knowing, he, knowing that he's going to anticipate the the dink. And, and as Tony Dinnin slots it in the corner, he's got that little punch of the air to to Nicky Weaver's face. And as you just, as a County fan, it's just something that you're never going to forget to, to have those bragging rights and, You know, no matter how far apart the two clubs might go now in the future, it's something that county fans always have over the neighbours.
1: I I just, my memory of that, I just remember laughing because I couldn't believe how, how calm and how cool he passed it into the corner. I just couldn't, I mean, it was almost like the euphoria took a minute to hit me because because of what i just couldn't comprehend the fact that this guy tony dinning who as much as i loved him and as much as a great player he was he came under stick a couple of times let's 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 you know say it, say it as it was he you know he wasn't he, he wasn't always seen as this great great player um, i think we only realized that just what he did have was probably realized after he left the first time but anyway the fact that he's just stepped up and slotted this in beautifully into the corner leaving the keeper like you say planted on his feet doesn't move at all Um, now for the legend series I I was fortunate enough to speak to Tony Dinning I'm not going to give too much uh, of what he said away I'm going to save that for when it comes out in a couple of weeks but um, the way he the way he spoke about that penalty the way he was saying the City players were speaking to him trying to put him off the things that he said to them afterwards um, as a little, like, you thought you got me there, but you know, you didn't. Um, the celebration, the meaning behind the celebration, why he did it. Um, it was clear to see that he was very, very in that moment. He, he tells me so vividly, he can remember everything. And I, my, my memory, my overriding memory of that is I cannot believe that I've just seen that. Do you know, it's not like, it's not like, it's completely different to the Nuneaton game last season where we won promotion because you kinda knew it was coming. So you 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 know it didn't catch you off guard. That penalty caught me off guard. It was an unbelievably cool penalty.
2: It's very it's very county, isn't it? Can you you can imagine for for years to come, had Tony been in, as he did, he, he gestured that he was going to go for the dink. And he's you you know now looking back that he's done that deliberately wanting the City players to see him say to his mates, I'm going to dink it, so that the City players have run up to the goalkeeper, they run up to Nicky Weaver, he's going to dink this, he's going to dink it. <laughs> and he's he has just played them all to perfection. But it'd be so Stockport County. Can you imagine if if that was unplanned and he did dink it, we'd be talking about a complete opposite moment, a, you know, a terrible moment in the history where to win it in the last minute at, at Main Road, Tony then instinct it straight at the goalkeeper who's caught it and made him look like a plum. We've got a. Instead, we've got an iconic Stockport County memory, uh, an iconic Stockport County moment. So I think it's only only right. I think we both agree that that comes in at, at number three.
1: Just one final comment on that. When I spoke to Dindo the other week, I said to him, "There are a few pictures. If you walk in and around the grounds, the bars, the dressing rooms, the tunnels, everything else underneath Edgeley Park, there are." A couple of photos, a few photos that stand out that are iconic. There's the flinny one where he's spinning his shirt, you know, where he's not he's not got his shirt on. You know, that's never that picture's never gonna die. But I think the one that goes next to it is Tony Dinning celebrating that goal at Main Road. It's just the orange and black shirt, the nineties haircut, the fact that like you've just beautifully described what happened, what was riding on the game, the fact that it was City and not, you know, um, Gillingham or Doncaster or someone. It was it was like it was a proper everything about it was just perfect. And that picture, that 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 little just him celebrating, it's not ever going to go away.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as we say, I think that's that's got to be the top three. So I think we both agreed that comes in number three for us in the, in no, the list. Oh yeah,
1: completely, completely. Now there's there's so many moments so we, we we i mean when we started discussing how we were going to do this we were saying how far do we go back 10 years 20 years 30 years 100 years our lifetime i mean the fact that we've got to try and pick literally three or four minutes of <laughs> of action um from 30 years i mean it's it's so hard there are inevitably going to be things that, that just don't even take part in the discussion yet completely warrant a place at the table um you try and just rattle through some of them a couple of moments in in my that that just came out the top of my head that you you try and think of I mean the debacles that we've seen you know the the Charlie Russell body slam Andy Robinson do you remember this where he he wanted to come on the pitch he was waiting to come on there was some form of hold up with a substitution he then gets on he's on the pitch for about two seconds and then gets sent off I mean you talk about it could only happen to county. That was one of those for me.
2: Yeah, it's just—I mean—that season, Chris. We, you know, we all know now, looking back, how how much we struggled, and before Jim came back, how in which direction we were heading, and it wasn't clearly wasn't a good one. But I mean, the Andy Robinson moment—we're talking, obviously, we're talking about not so great moments here. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it just got to a point where. Clearly not satisfied with having players sent off every week, we were going for players sent off before they even come on. Players sent off after full time, um, like we had it filed in the FA Cup the same season. Um, but the Andy Robinson moment—I I just remember at, at Solihull, we we were sat right behind the dugouts and just just thinking, what what have we just seen? What's what's happened? And the, the rampage that the rampage that Andy Robinson went on um, following that, um, just a, a very Gloomy time in, in the club's history, wasn't it? But um, thankfully, we've we've been lifted out of that out of that situation from from there on in.
1: What What are the moments that that aren't going to make the list? I mean, Andy Robinson being sent off is never going to be in the top three. But what are the moments for good or bad? Do you do you think of when you when you think that's that's a county moment there?
2: I think it's this is a it's a difficult topic, isn't it? Because for for goals or you know the top three goals or the top three strikers or goalkeepers or whatever it may be there'll always be people will disagree on the top three or the order but there'll always be a a short list and and you can't really stray from that because it can only be a certain amount of goals or it can only be a certain amount of strikers or um you know goalkeepers or whatever it may be but I think with moments they mean different different things to different people so you know, we, me and you spoke to Dan Powell, the county cameraman, before recording this, and and one of his was, um, as I'm sure we'll all have seen, tens of times by now, the uh, the last minute equaliser, or should I say, the 97th minute equaliser at Boston, by Jimmy Ball, when um, the irate Boston supporters took a a bit of a dislike into to myself and Dan Powell, which. To be fair, isn't isn't hard to do. But I've um, got
1: a dislike for you and now, Just
2: join, <laughs> get in line, get in line. Um, but yeah, that, that was one of Dan's moments where, just as well as the celebration of a of a late equaliser, um, we also had the the funny side of of the home fans not being too happy about it. And I'm sure we've all heard on Dan's highlights the the comments of "Where's the assessor?" and, and all the rest of it. So it's difficult to say because. Uh, Everyone's moments could be completely different. Um, it's
1: it's a bit like you know, someone it's bit else. Like, uh, it's a bit like when a referee falls over, or the ball, or the ball hits the linesman. It, when when you see when you see a fan or uh, whatever he was getting that wound up because I mean let's have it right. They would the Boston time wasting was ridiculous. It's they they've dug their own hole in in that situation. So when when something like that happens, you you're always going to laugh. You are always, always. Every time a referee falls over, <laughs> it's just instinctive. If a player falls over, you don't think anything of it. If it's a ref, you laugh. If the ball hits a line, <laughs> you just you, you can't help but laugh. And when someone goes that mad at you, when they know if they're being honest and they sit down and have a word, they have brought it on themselves. It, you, you, I mean, I, that's funny. For me, that's funny.
2: <laughs> I think just to add to that Boston moment, um, it, it's funny because this actually wasn't one of my moments that I was going to talk about. But um, yeah, just to finish on that one, the, I'll try and for for people listening, um, I'll try and find the video because I've got it somewhere and I'll put it on the Twitter and, and we'll put it on the S, on the, uh, live SCFC Twitter um, <laughs> of Jim. When, when Jimmy Ball said it goes in the 97th minute and we've snatched a two-all draw from 2-0 down, um, Jim in front of the Boston fans, um, we were all screaming for his head, and the you know the irate and the screaming at us in the press box and the, anyone that will listen. Of Jim dropping to the floor in the dugout and holding his knee, feigning an injury, and then getting up and pointing to his watch, um, just 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 to rub it in and just to put the icing on the cake. I'll try and find the video because it's it's hilarious. He did, and, it, he did like, it better, saying, than, he did it better than
1: Louis Van Gaal, didn't he?
2: he did it he was the original yes and um, I'll try and find it we'll put it out but um, yeah that's, like we say it's a moment that you know people aren't going to talk about a 2 all draw at Boston in Division 6 as a top 3 county moment but we're talking about moments at games that you remember and for better or worse we, we're remembering this one um, on my own Chris sorry I think quite a few and, and funnily enough um, quite a lot of them involve or they're based around teams um, that played under Jim Gannon. Um, I've got a few that I don't know if you might mirror a few of these or you might have some similar. Um, Peterborough away, 2008. We had a 1-0 win through Tommy Rowe, um, ruined their promotion party. But just memories of that day, the, the atmosphere of the few thousand penalty fans, it was such a good away day, um, coincided with quite a lot of stick aimed at Darren Ferguson, the Peter- Peterborough manager at the time. Um, I'm sure county fans that were there don't need us to tell them why that was. Yeah. Um, but just the, the banter and the, the humour that was in the county chant, it was just so Stockport County, the the originality of the chant. The fact that we won 1-0 when Peterborough were going for automatic promotion I think would have gone up with that win. Um, just, just a classic county moment. There's still... Just, just on the on the subject of, of YouTube videos, there's still videos online to this day of of the county fans in the atmosphere and um, ju- just a, a great county away day for me.
1: Well, on the topic of on the topic of being in in other managers' heads, I think this does lead us down the path uh, for moment number two. When when you talk about county riling a manager, getting under someone else's skin really really pushing them to where you've not seen them go before um i mean one name one name that i can't help but snigger to myself when i think about is paul lambert now i think we're going to have to go with and we'll, we'll get there in a moment is Um, winning at Wembley has to be a a key moment given the fact that everything happened you know the, the trips to Wembley that never you know that were never fruitful previously but just the build up to that the semi-finals of those playoffs with the comments and just in case you need your memory refreshing which I'm sure neither you nor anybody listening to this do when you hear quotes like that goal changes nothing when it's an absolute worldie, like one of the best goals I've ever seen that gives us that all-important goal. To say it doesn't change anything is ridiculous. The fact that Jim turns around to him and says what he says on the touchline there and then, but then to come out afterwards and say that he's trained in front of more fans than our ground can hold, I mean, that is a guy, Paul Lambert, who, by the way, went on to... uh, provided, you know, he had such little respect for County. He then went on to sign half the players that that beat him that had played for County, you know, in in that kind of game and in that season. But the fact that I, I saw, you saw, everyone else saw, a manager such as Paul Lambert, who has played in European Cups, he's played for Borussia Dortmund, he's played for Celtic, and to have little old Stockport County inside his skin, inside his brain to To just, to just, ha- I mean, he was purple in that interview. He was purple, and he is his accent sounded even more Scottish, even even more angry that that goal changes nothing. I've trained in front of more people that. Well, I tell you what, that goal stood for. That goal counted for county going to Wembley and Wickham going home. That for me sets us up very, very nicely to where we're going for memory number two.
2: Yeah, so just on the on the Paul Lambert, it's it gets lost, doesn't it? Because let's be honest, at the end of the day, it was all about county and that's how we look back on it. But I mean, I put the video out on Twitter myself last week of, of Paul Lambert and his post-match interview, the, the famous post-match interview. Um, but I mean, it's just a, a situation where an opposition manager has instigated the pre match, if he wants to call it banter or if he was being genuine. Um he's instigated it all. There was no problem from County fans towards Paul Lambert or towards Wickham. Um it's all come from him and then it's all fallen down on him. Um he's brought it all himself and, and county the ones celebrating. But yeah, just to lead into to moment number two, I think we both agree again. Um and I might let you take the lead on this one, Chris, but I don't think we can we can stray away from the Wembley win.
1: Well, we 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 had the difficult job of trying to whittle down three moments, and I remember John Kieran telling us that he walked out onto Wembley next to Danny, and he said he felt really emotional walking out, and I can see why. I can see why there is an argument for that to be in there for for County to be led out by you know the the most famous one of the well one of the most or if not the most famous manager. The, the absolute icon. But for me, I think Danny started a massive job. He, don't get me wrong, he, of course he achieved fantastic things. I'm not taking anything away from him. But to get, to get us to Wembley that many times, four times, is amazing. To not come away with one win is heartbreaking. The fact that his signing, Jim Gannon, then goes and gets through all that Paul Lambert nonsense, then comes up against a local rival, Rochdale, who have got count, a, one of our own playing up front for them, who's got a point to prove against Jim Gannon. The fact that he's come up, overcome that, overcome, it's at the new Wembley, and we've got that win. The fact that we, are, we witnessed Stockport County lifting a trophy at Wembley, that for me is... The biggest moment that Wembley could provide.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a pinnacle, isn't it? And I've got to say on this one, I think you know we're both um, a bit a bit younger, and we've not seen as much um, football as as some of the older fans that have done over the years. And for them, um, it might well be tied between lifting the playoff trophy at Wembley, um, seeing your club win at Wembley finally, you know, the fifth time of asking. But that might also be tied with, um, with Danny Begara leading the, the club out at Wembley for the first time. You know, we can talk about nine in a row. We can talk about whatever record you want, you know, the 10 wins in a row, um, whatever it may be, the, the number of away wins in a row that we had under the, Jim the in 2008. But records on a football pitch will always be broken because there'll always be someone that'll come along at some point, however many years to come, and and win 10 games in a row without conceding a goal. But there will never be another manager to to be the first foreign manager to lead an English shout-out at Wembley. Um, and that's something that will never be taken away from, from Stockport County's record books or from Danny Magara's, um history, you know, more importantly. Um, just when we're talking about iconic moments to be... It, it's difficult because me and you will always... Lean towards the Wembley win because you know I wasn't even born when when Danny Bigara led county out at Wembley um so I can't relate with it as much but you know for anyone that was there, you can imagine the emotion of of a manager um, leading his team out you know the blue and white of county at Wembley at the at the national stadium for the very first time so um that's that will obviously be right up there and we understand that there will be a lot of people that will that might say the Danny Bigara side is is the one that comes you know, makes the top three as a moment. But that win at Wembley and the full time, you know, I was I think I was about fifteen years old at the time um that we won at Wembley and I just remember the feeling of the full time whistle and my I think it's the only time it's happened in my life, Chris, I don't know about you, but my I couldn't stand up from the seat. My, my legs had just kind of gone. I, I had a, a bit of the wobbles and it's just you can't describe the emotion of seeing your team win it at the National Stadium win at Wembley and um, and to win promotion it was you know that 2008 win was the only success um, a lot of us have, have seen and and to have that you know from Jim leading the team out before the game um, to, to the team walking up the steps after the game and to Jim singing the anthem um, there's videos of that all over the internet still Jim singing the anthem with the county fans as he walks for his medal just again a, a real classic county moment
1: do you know my closing memory on that was: um, so I was in I was in uni when um, for that season and for that game, and uh, obviously it was the summer, so it was coming to the end of the, the first year. Uh, well, my first year, and I was living with an American guy in my halls, and um, and he'd been loving his time over in Europe because he, you know, for for, the, for for an American over here, it was every few weeks or whenever he could, he would hop on a train or a or a boat, or whatever, to Paris or to to Amsterdam or to, or to wherever, because he, you know, he wanted to take it all in while he was over here. And it was a great guy called Dave, and um, he, it was coming towards. He he was only over here for the year, so it was coming towards the end of the year, uh, and he had maybe three or four weeks left, and um, we were getting ready to, you know, last few drink parties being arranged and whatever, and he came out with this. Oh, the one thing I've not done is I've not gone to a soccer match. Is obviously what he called it. He'd not been to a football game, Uh, and I was saying to him, "If Wembley happens, then come with us. Come with these county fans, because if you're going to have one game, yeah, you might as well go to Wembley." And um, he came with us. Uh, He wore one of my brother's old county shirts. We took him for a night out in Stockport um, to to build up to it. Ended up in Cobden's naturally, and um, we took him with us on the day, and he just had such a good time and then he's dropped me a few messages since then he obviously I'm not going to say he keeps an eye on our scores but um, you know every every now and again if County get a good win or a promotion or whatever I'll get a little text off him or whatever saying I've just seen it congratulations uh, and he absolutely loved that occasion and that's again that's what it's that's what County that's what football's all about But well, that's to me it just seems that's what County's all about to get those little stories ingrained within in, within the fabric is it's fantastic.
2: Yeah. Um, just, again, just um everyone will have their own story from whether they were at Wembley and, and went out celebrating after or whether they were on the other side of the world listening or watching on the sky or whatever it may be. Someone somewhere will always have a, a memory of that.
1: So we're edging towards number one, the top moment. We are. Now, When I was thinking about which moments stand out, one from very, very recent times, um, just a few months ago, in fact, was the excitement, the buzz that I felt and that was people, you could feel it around the town, was when Danny Lloyd re-signed. Now, is Danny Lloyd the best player county you've ever had? No. Is he... One of the most charismatic uh, and absolutely adored by the current crop of fans, yes. The fact that he had such a presence in his first spell um, and the, he went on to play you know, a few levels higher. Um, the fact that we then went on the season after to have players like Matty and Jason, and you think, imagine if we'd had Danny as well. Danny Lloyd never really left people's minds. So we just had all this great news about the takeover. Ambitions and people were talking about championship in seven years what statement are you going to make and bang Danny Lloyd re-signs for me that was a buzzing moment now I'm not going to say that's the number one it's not even in the top three but it was it's that kind of energy I was looking for do you know the what really kind of grabs you and says something big is happening here
2: yeah I think part of that is football's obviously changed a lot over the years and you, you, you see a lot of build-up and a lot of teasing on, on social media now before you've actually signed a player. So, you know, how many times have me and you've heard, Chris, that Danny Lloyd was going to come back or, you know, Player A, B or C was going to come back um, before it actually happened? Um, and then you see it and you see the reaction on social media and it's just, it's just an instant outpouring, isn't it? And there was, you know, we know for a fact there was fans of all ages um, all over social media just buzzing, as you say, just buzzing with, with the news of Danny Lloyd, um, tied into that. The, I mean, for me, the, the mark start confirmation of the marks start takeover, of course, we're not going to say it's a top, you know, there's not, not been anywhere near enough done yet to say that it's a top moment of the club's history. Um, they've obviously made a good start. There's promising signs. They've done a lot for the, the NHS at the moment, the club are ta- doing all the right things, saying all the right things. Um, but the reaction, you know, the social media reaction and the, the excitement of, you know, club, the club put that tweet out, got a bit of breaking news coming up and everyone, you, you know, that's what it is. Um, and you see everyone putting two and two together and, oh, well, hang on a minute, it's, they've said it's not a sign-in. You know, what else, can, what else could there possibly be? Um, yeah. I think the excitement and the reaction of that, and who knows, hopefully, fingers crossed, in years to come, we'll be looking back at it and it will be one of the top moments of the club because we'll have gone to, you know, places that we've we've never been before or places that we've been at our, at our best. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely in agreement with you there, but it's all about the, the buzz of a signing or, a, like in this case, a takeover or just something that, gets your excitement and it makes you want to go to to the next match and you look forward to the next match and you're looking forward to the Saturday even more than usual.
1: I mean, far be it from me to play Coy on air, but what return could you think of that would be that big to get you that excited and make you want to go to the next game? You're a a pro, aren't
2: you? You're a pro. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, this is clearly our number one um, after a lot of deliberation um the most recent return of one mr jim gannon um just what 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 more is there to be said i mean we're talking about a man that obviously we're talking about the moment the excitement of when he first came back um i myself just after your um experience of the wembley win being at university we i was at university when when jim came back and um Just so much excitement, you know. Getting that message to say that it's going to happen, you know. Setting up the as far as our job goes now, you know. Setting up the media side of things, um, setting up that first conversation with him. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that when we did that first post-match interview, I was a bit, a bit starstruck, you know, as starstruck as you can be for, um, you know, as a a non-league football club at the time, um, Division Six, to to see a club legend that you've watched. As a kid, and that you've seen as a kid, lead your team out at Wembley and win at Wembley. To then be working with him and and to be dealing with him in person, um, yeah, just a, one of those moments of him coming back. Where let's you know, let's be honest. If if he'd come back and it hadn't worked out, this would be it'd be probably nowhere near the top three because even though it's we're talking about the actual moment of that reaction when he first returned, you've obviously got to balance it against. What he's achieved. So I'm just going on to that before I come back to you, Chris. We, you know, we've obviously got the, the title win. We've got the national league North title win, the first title win in over 50 years. I know people will always say, you know, it's you can't over celebrate a, a win at that level because it's it's all about getting back to where we were. But you tell me, you know, a moment like spending more the spending more goal during the Curzon nation game. Was anyone during those celebrations? Was there anyone thinking? Oh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean as much. No way, you know, it's it, county fans going wild and celebrating like that. You, you've not got any semblance of, oh, well, it's only Division 6. So we've got the Spennymore win on the gym. You know, his first season back, talking about all those those experiences with like Andy Robinson and, and all that in that season. For Jim to come back and to steady the ship, go on and win the Cheshire Cup, the Cheshire Senior Cup in his first season, um, obviously means a lot to a lot of fans um, and a lot of older fans as well. Um, the cup runs. That he's had us um, partaking in the Yeovils and the Barnets away. Um, just so many moments of, of success and moments of bringing the fans and the players together. Um, I mean, just looking into into the stats before we did this podcast, he's a manager that had us. We were the third, but third in the in a list of the most points won in a calendar year. Behind only Liverpool and Manchester City, and that was 2019. That was last year. So clearly, it's not just about the moment of an icon coming back and being a bit sycophantic, or you know, looking up to someone. And so you just throw the moment in there. We're talking about a manager that's come back and he's actually got the job done.
1: The reason, the reason I, um, the re- the reason it, the reason it, I, I think it resonated so much with myself was when i was in uni when when jim left and it was all going a bit Pete tong at the time i rem- i was getting a lot of like text updates off my dad of what was going on I, you know I, I didn't work with the club in in any capacity th- th- at the time you know listen to him on the radio and and that, and that was about it uh, when i couldn't get to games and um, i remember being resigned to the fact that Jim Gannon was going to leave and he was going to go to Brighton. I remember this storyline really vividly. I remember them being really relieved that it sounded like he turned Brighton down. And I don't know, still to this day, haven't really spoken to him about about that. Maybe maybe one day we will, but um, it was just, when I found out he was staying, it was, right, okay, well, we've lost all these players, but you always kind of know with Jim, there's going to be a plan. You know, Jim is the guy that can sort things out. Then I got the text that he had left um, and he hadn't gone anywhere. He hadn't left to go to, uh, you know, anywhere at first. He'd he'd, 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 he'd been made to lead the club uh, in whatever circumstances. And I remember being genuinely gutted because this was a guy who'd taken us when he first came in. We were dithering around relegation. He saved us from that. We've just missed out on the playoffs with a nine in the row. Um, You know, know, the nine games in a row. We've then got promoted. We we are looking so good and it's just come crashing down. So everything happens. Then Jim comes back and you know that this time it has to work. You know, I don't want to say anything about boards that have been in previously because I didn't know them. As people... I didn't know them. So I'm not going to pass any comment, but I did know that the guys that were in to some level when Jim came back and I knew that how much county meant to them. I knew that they all wanted it to work. They were all on the same page. So Jim's come in and you just had that fire in the belly, if you like, that something is happening here. Something's going on. Uh, Lo and behold, you know, we just miss out on the, there's, there's a constant improvement. We just miss out on the playoffs. Then we get into the playoffs, but we don't go anywhere. Then we completely bypass the playoffs uh, and just go and win the league. And I think you look at this season, the way it's carried on up until all this quarantine business. um, Will we get in the playoffs? Will we, won't we? I don't know. It's still the roll of a dice. But the fact that we're even in the conversation uh, is an unbelievable turnaround. And I just think that's what you hoped could happen. When he came back when you heard the news, Jim is coming back this is what you wanted this is, you could not physically have asked for more
2: no exactly it's you know he's got that record he's we've finished in a higher position every season on the gym than the season before um, like I say we've you know the most points won behind only the top two teams in the country two of the top teams in Europe um, you know so many statistics that backing up back up what he's done. Um, but given that we now, you know, we're looking back and there's a bit of hindsight, we can see what he's done. So, I think the fact that we're putting this in at number one is, I think that would, you know, you'd say that's more than justified. It's, it's a moment that really got people engaged again, and, and like we say, you know, it, it made people want to come the, next, the following Saturday that that first home game. I mean, the first the first game that he was back, um, the first league game was. Um, I think it was Gloucester away. We we drew nil nil at Cheltenham's ground, and um, you, you know the following that we talked. There was ghost flags and and everything. And this is a season. I think we were still eighth at the time, but we'd we'd not won in in fifteen or something like that under Neil Young. Um, we'd signed so many players. We had a you know a roster full of below par players at the time. Um, just coming in in and out of a revolving door nonstop. Jim came in, he steadied it, he got the fans back through the door, we won some games, he gave us some moments, even you know, mini moments within that season we had being one 0 down, how how many times, regardless of what level, can you say you've seen your team be one 0 down in the 91st minute and win two one? You know, we had Hensford away where Big K scored that that last minute of well, late late winner yeah. after the equaliser seconds before. So even in a season where you know he came in and finished off that that half of the campaign, we, we had the Cheshire Cup, we had those those wins and those last minute wins and it gave us hope and, and gave the fans hope of something being built and he's clearly gone on to achieve that.
1: So that's the top three. It's uh, it's the Tony Dinning penalty. It's uh, We didn't even mention Chesterfield, but I mean, th- there are so many moments that, that it's hard to get them all in. There's the Tony Dinning penalty, uh, there's winning at Wembley, And then then there is the return of Jim. Uh, It's hard, isn't it? But I think that's a pretty fair top three.
2: Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know yourself, Chris, how much we've deliberated on it. And, you know, at times we didn't have a set top three and we've narrowed it down and whittled it down that much that, for me, I mean, I can't think of any more county moments that you talk about ahead of those. Obviously, we know there's there's the more goal. I think part of that is probably maybe we've tried to steer away from you know goals as such. I know we've got the Tony Dinning penalty in there, but as we spoke about, it was the atmosphere, it was a situation, it was who the opponent was, um, it was how iconic it is going forward in County's history. Um, I think it's it's a difficult one, and it, you know for people listening, maybe a bit of a challenge. Go and
1: go and have a think, and yeah, tell us something.
2: provide. Yeah, you know, tell us, tweet us, tweet us, or you know, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Tell us your top three, you know, go and look for some of those videos we've spoken about. Go and look for the videos of moments that me and Chris have mentioned. Um, Tweet us them, tweet the videos, get it all out there. You know, we're we're in here for at least three more weeks. Get, Get some more county juices flowing.
1: Carlisle, we mentioned Carlisle, even though it didn't come up. I'm trying to think, what should we name drop? Just to say, just to say, we thought yeah,
2: of it, just, but, say, we, just to say we shoehorned it in. Yeah. Obviously, the Carlisle moment, <laughs> you know. We've... Yeah, um, yeah.
1: There <laughs> will yeah, be people, will the be people sitting there now saying that these kids don't know what they're talking about, but that's fine. Get in touch with us. Uh, I will tell you what, we've got coming up later in the week, Sam. We've got um, Preece, uh, who scored that goal that was live on YouTube against QPR um, the other day. Um, what a goal, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you know what? Do you know what? I spoke to Priesty in depth. Now, because he's with the enemy now, if you like, because he's with Chorley, um, I I hope I just hope nobody has changed their opinions of him. Because he's he's a he's a bloody decent guy. He's um when when he speaks about his, his time at county, when he speaks about that goal in particular, um, when he speaks about the fact that he was in a team struggling well below county. Um, and the fact that County have come in for him um, and the fact that he then went on to play in the Premier League because of his time at County, um, we mean a lot to him. The club mean a lot to him. Um, and, uh, you know, he talks about everything that happened with between County and Chorley. We had to, you know, at the end, at the end of the interview, we're laughing about it because... It is just football. It is, yeah. You know, it's, um... It doesn't take away when, when when you harbour those real feelings for a place. And I'm I'm going to say I'm not going to give too much of the interview away. I think it's a, I think it's a really good one. I, I hope people enjoyed the Sean Connolly one. I, if you did, or if you didn't, I think you will enjoy the Prezi one because he gets a bit emotional speaking about that goal. He describes it. He describes every second of it. Where he was looking, who was moving where, which defender was near him, who he's pulled away from, what foot he's hit it with, how it's gone in the back of the net, everything. It it's in his mind, it's tattooed in his mind.
2: Yeah, I mean I like I said, like I said at the start of the the show, that those QPR highlights, that's the first time I've seen the full game. It's you know, I wasn't around at the time. It's the first time I've I've seen the full thing and I've seen the full atmosphere. And seeing how much we outplayed them, um, but also within that, seeing how much it meant to someone like Andy Breeze. I mean, I don't know about you, but I lost count of the, the number of fist pumps after he scored that goal. He, you know, he kept going back for more, didn't he? He kept turning back to the county fans with another fist pump. Um, clearly, so amped up. And if that's a moment that sticks out towards us as fans. Just imagine what he must feel like being the one that scored it and running off in front of those fans. Well, so he does go in clearly a, a top man. Fully <laughs> enough, he does, go you know, into a, it. a top. Yeah, well, he's never going to forget it as easy, You know, and like you say, it's a, someone that's a really nice guy. You, you know, the Chorley thing. It's it's because we were first and second. You know, if if that if Chorley at the time happened to be York, Curzon Ash, you know, whoever it could it could have been any other team. The, the rivalry was purely. Circumstance, it's not. I don't think there's any real dislike, and I don't think there'd be any county fans that would hold anything against him. Or you know, at the end of the day, we came out on top, um, and we're clearly doing the better of the two two teams now. Which so I do remind I him of. that's anything the county <laughs> fans should, it, couldn't well, help but remind exactly. Him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he'll take it as well as as well as any county fans would. Um, yeah. Should we get get any banter from from the other end as well? So yeah, definitely worth a listen with a, with, a, with a top man, Andy Priest.
1: Mate, uh, go and enjoy another week of uh, quarantine. What are you doing? What are you watching on Netflix? We've
2: um, well, we've heard a lot of good things about um, the Money Heist.
1: Yes, Seeing right, what people right. think
2: about that. But um, yeah, um, well, I've got to say, Chris, I started it, and it's it completely passed me by. Um, it's actually a Spanish series, so you need those subtitles. Um, you need to pay attention. So it's maybe not the best thing for me to do because I can't sit still for five minutes. Um, that might be something that i try and try and knuckle down and focus on. Um, obviously, we've got you know this podcast um, followed up shortly by by your interview with Andy Priest, so that'll be a good listen. And I know you've got a big series following it um, with a few other legends as well.
1: Yeah. We've already got Tony Dinnan and Mike Flindon, Peter Ward next week, Alan Armstrong, I hope, will be on the show as well. So, all good, Sam. Enjoy
2: All good indeed, and much more counter content. Enjoy your evening, mate. Thanks for having
0: me. Jim Gannon coming back. I suppose it is predictable, really. I mean, do do you mean the moment you heard Jim Gannon was coming back?
1: Yeah, I think yeah, because I remember it, and like like we just touched on there. Um. The reason it felt so good... You always knew he had unfinished business with County. Um, So when he came back... Because it... Because it... I'm going to be honest with you. Because it had hurt so much when he left. Knowing that there was so much potential that could still be filled. Knowing that there was the, the desire from the fans to have him in. Knowing that there was the desire from him to be there. Knowing that he was available given... All due respect to Northwich Vicks. He's at Northwich Vicks. Do you know what I mean? He's not like he's gone off to um, some club in League One or the Championship. We can get him. So the, the fact that he was there, we got him, we brought him back. And then everything that's happened since then the incredible cup runs, the, even that season winning the Cheshire Senior Trophy you know, is that the pinnacle of the club's history? No. But it, was it just uh, another kind of. Um, Tipping the hat of Jim Gannon, if you like. Yeah, it was. And that, I mean, that it just made it the best moment. The, the gaffer coming back, you know, um, long may it continue.
0: Yeah, and it was, a, you know, it was a quite an important season for me as well because it was my first season working on the uh, on the show at Pure. Um, and the fact that it did end with the, you know, Cheshire Senior Cup victory. And we always, <laughs> we always had a challenge if matches went over into extra time because then we had to worry about the next show and stuff like that. But, so yeah i I remember that, and and a, a lot happened that season. there were a lot you know county became comeback kings in in that season so many late goals, yeah, so many it. late goals in yeah. in that season and and that's you know typical of of Jim Gannon, really of of what he wants his squad to do and 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 how you know working for each other all the, all those cliches, but a, a lot of those kind of things happened in that season, so I, I'm with you
1: well he, he always had that motto, didn't he about score first and score last um I, I like that motto. I like you're setting yourself up well if you're doing that. And um yeah, I think it was you just knew. I mean, no one no one could have predicted this monster takeover was going to come down the pipe a couple of years later. But um the fact that when Jim was coming back, you knew something was happening. You knew that you could taste it in the air. I don't know, whatever the saying is, you, you could sense something was happening, the building blocks, you know, Alan Lord had arrested this kind of um, downward slope. Neil Young had started gloriously, then it f- kind of faded away. Um, and when Jim came in, it was, right, let's let's make this happen now. And um, that's <laughs> you have to say that's the best moment.
0: Yeah, brilliant. So Thursday, it's Legends time. Who have you got for us on Thursday?
1: Oh, mate, you want to hear this one. Uh, it's Priesty Andy Priest. Now, of course, the club ran uh, the rerun live on YouTube the other day of the County versus Crystal Palace from all those years ago, where Priesty scored that goal. Uh, and let me tell you, um, when he speaks about his time at County, if there's a County fan that, all right, I'm not going to say there's not a dry eye in the house, but tell me you don't feel that little lump. Tell me that. Tell me that you can't not feel anything when you listen to the way Andy Priest speaks about Stockport County and his time there with, with Danny Begara in particular it's it it's something so so special and um, I just felt honoured to be a part of it now obviously Priest he now works for Chorley so he, he's the enemy if you like we address that of course we do uh, I, I do have to poke fun at him a little bit you know all's fair in love and war but you know he, he more than takes that on the chin and um I, I, listen mate I can't wait for it to wear out because it's it's a great chat you know it goes into great detail and um, you know the Sean Connolly interview went down really well last week I'm glad so many people listened to it and enjoyed it um, and hopefully Preecy can can be the same
0: well listen out for that Thursday night on County Live Chris's Legends interview with Andy Priest. Chris thanks cheers mate